All right, we are testing. Testing, yay. Yay, we finally can hear each other. We've spent so much time setting up because I had my microphone packed away. You probably did too because we were traveling to California, going to record a podcast, did not record a podcast, but traveled far and wide with our heavy microphone. Yes, I definitely traveled with it to the East Coast and then to the West Coast and then back home. In my backpack the whole time. Like a security blanket. <laughs> yep, I just feel safer with it. <laughs> yep. But, and now we are trying to get back in the swing of things Yay. and be patient with ourselves as I'm running through the house trying to find a pair of earphones. Yeah, trying to hear each other and it's here we working. Are. It's working, yes. And I'm sweating away in my sweltering office. So oh, that's no. great. With no fan on. No oh. fan on, no windows open. I'm Back to my hot dog in a car feeling. Oh dear. If you pass out, like tap on your mic on your way down. I'll try. <laughs> I'll send help. SOS. Welcome to Semi Together, a podcast about having some of your life together all of the time. It's about working on where you want to get it together while giving yourself credit for where you've got it together. As we try out research-backed tips for meaningful living, we share takeaways that you can use too. I'm Malia Dicker, and I'm in Jackson, Mississippi. And I'm her sister, Jillian Burgess, and I live in Barcelona, Spain. And we are so happy to be back with a new episode after a summer hiatus. And what a summer it has been. Uh, Lots and lots of ups. Lots of ups and some downs. Yep, our last mini-sode at the end of May was called Emerging from Our Cocoons, and at that time, we were so young, so hopeful. <laughs> innocent. Um, <laughs> innocent. I know, Malia, you and I were both recently vaccinated, and we were just feeling very grateful and optimistic about cautiously emerging from our pandemic cocoons and re-entering the world. Yes. Here we are in September, and things are a little bit different. Depending on where you are in the world, things may be different for you too. And so our topic today is re-entering our cocoons. And we're not back to the full lockdowns and safer-at-home rules from last spring or you know earlier this year even, but we're navigating a new chapter of the pandemic and all of the fun, uncertainty, and stress and change that come with Indeed. it. Indeed. It's like we have half a foot in the cocoon and half out in the world and we're not quite sure which direction to go at what time. I'm pretty sure that's not how cocoons work. I'm no scientist, but I don't think you can do that. How about it, science? (laughs) Double-sided cocoon. Yep. (laughs) Open-air cocoon. Well, before we get into the ep, we wanted to check in with each other and say that this season we will be experimenting with embracing imperfection, like I always say. I love embracing imperfection. It's my favorite thing. The more imperfect, the better. When it comes to this podcast, meaning that our conversations, we're hoping to make them more free-flowing and less edited, and we can get them to you with more ease, and it won't take us so many hours to edit and, you know, make our notes beforehand and so on. So this is a challenge for two writers who process things on paper or on the computer screen, and each with some degree of ADHD and perfectionism also. Yes. <laughs> this is good healing in real time. <laughs> Right. Good practice. Yes. And we both listen to podcasts where they leave in the ums and ahs and stumbles and you either don't even notice them or it feels more real like you're sitting there with them in conversation. Mm -hmm. So I think that is fine for us, too. And it will be very good practice for us to be okay with what is, like I always say again, and to use (laughs) the extra time for other fun semi-together related projects. 
It can just be breezy and natural oh, and leave so all those breezy. verbal ticks yeah. in there. Yep. <laughs> and I'm always working with half a brain because I am so underslept at any given time. So you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> That's always fun. Know, you know? It's an adventure. <laughs> Wild card. <laughs> Yes, so that would be great practice for us. So before we get into our main topic, we want to check in and catch up. So Malia, how was your summer and how are you doing at the moment? Yeah, the summer was a whirlwind. I was happy to have made the most of that glorious month or so where it felt safer to travel and eat indoors if you're vaccinated. And, you know, we didn't Mm -hmm. know that the other shoe was going to drop. So we were just, you know, happy and free. We are exiting this period like forward arrows (laughs) all the way. So (laughs) at that point. But yeah, mom and dad visited us in Jackson, which was so great. Hung out with the kids and it's so nice to just see them in real life oh, and not wonderful. just over FaceTime. Yeah, we had great meals and, you know, we could take out and sitting outdoors and all that stuff, but it was nice. And I traveled solo to California shortly thereafter. Yay! I know you were going, so I planned a trip around just me, which is the first time since I had children that I have traveled solo. And it was, it worked. I was astounded that, that yeah, Darren was able to handle, handle our two wild ones and he was still alive. The house was still standing. And yeah, Good man. I, know. I had yeah. full confidence in his abilities. It's just our children are extremely <laughs> unpredictable <laughs> and wild. So anyway, you and I had so much fun. Oh my gosh. So fun. Wonderful. It was wonderful to be in the same place. You and I hadn't seen each other in two yes. years. Um, which you is, know, which is so long. I know. I know. I hated that. Like we talked so every I was, message and stuff, but right. yeah. It's not the and same. And being home to together. Get to hug you yeah. and see mom and dad. We were in Sonoma and, you know, just have our little family that we grew up with was so nice too because it's so rare these days. I know. Yeah, with the extended family usually there with us. So we also got to have a girls' night out because we spent the night yes. in an airport hotel because I had a very early flight out. And so our friend Carol came out into the Mission District in San Francisco, had tacos. Oh, we went to our, like I know, times. we even like... Like, had a drink at Blondie's, our old hangout that we used to dance at, you know. And, oh, it was so fun. Uh, I still play that wonderful. top 40s. <laughs> Hip hop. So yes. it was really, really lovely. And our good friend Katie, my bestie when I was growing up, she's more like a sister to us. Uh, she visited Jackson. Mm-hmm. And whenever we see each other, we revert to 13 year olds is when, when we met. <laughs> and so we actually recorded an interview for Semi Together. And that's for an upcoming episode where I asked her for her secrets to evolving as much as she has because she probably is one of the people who has changed the most that I've known, like ever. And um, she's done so much inner work on herself and really seems to be thriving. You know, and she's a therapist, too, so she gets to practice this stuff every day with her clients. And I just admire her so much for that. Yeah, That's really amazing. just finding that, like, sense of self-acceptance and contentment and ease. And I want that. So I'm, <laughs> Give it to me. I'm trying to, like, <laughs> Tell suck me her secrets. secrets and energy. Out of her. <laughs> An energy vampire. <laughs> um, and then the Delta variant came, like, a big old record scratch up party (laughs) right before school started it was just uh so anxiety inducing especially because it was more contagious and kids that we know who were like you know not directly around our children but like in the same network we're getting it and fortunately okay and all that but still but yeah dealing with those big feelings of anger and frustration at the people who have perpetuated this and also anxiety about our kids going back um to school they're too young to get vaccinated and it just made me realize dealing with all this stuff how much I missed 
the podcast. I miss having a place to just process all this stuff and share it with you and then know that other people are out there connected and having the same kinds of feelings. So yeah, it just was bouncing all around in my head and body. And it's nice to have the pressure release valve of the pod and having you as a sounding board and support. Yes, same, 100%. I feel like I have all of these big thoughts and feelings, especially right now as we're kind of doing this, you know, back and forth of things reopening, things shutting back Mm -hmm. down again, what's safe, what's not, and having this outlet, this channel for all those things. And I hope, you know, helping other people who are going through similar things is um, so so excited we're doing this again I I know it's so nice to look forward (laughs) to and having that just if something happens during the week I'm just like oh let's talk about this on the podcast it's just nice to have you know I think I've said yes I've said this before I think but David Sedaris has said he feels sorry for non-writers because they don't have a place to process like all the weird and crazy stuff that happens to them (laughs) (laughs) feel the same about the podcast Um, Yeah, so as far as now, we have a new routine this fall. So the kids are taking the bus for the first time, and it comes at like 6.22 in the morning, so it's very early. That's horrible. And getting up and getting them moving is horrible. Once they are gone out of the house and it's 6.30 and I have two and a half hours to myself to sleep or to do my creative time, whatever I want to do, exercise, it is glorious. So it's just like initial pain every day, and Avery has become a um, a school resistor and so she throws herself oh. on the ground says I hate school I don't want to go I don't want to follow rules I don't want to do works you know um and I'm like I feel you girl like I, you know we can have our big feelings sometimes we don't want to go to work but we still have to do it it's mm-hmm. our job and let's try to make it as fun as possible so this week is her birthday so like there are gifts arriving so like that's a good oh, incentive yes. so, like okay you gotta go to school then you can come home for a gift but that's probably going to train her that we'll have to have a gift every day of the year <laughs> for her to go to school for the next time over many years <laughs> oh dear I also September 1st had my first anniversary of my ADHD diagnosis which was yay very exciting happy anniversary Thank you. yeah it has been quite a year an ongoing you know it's going to be an ongoing learning process but in that first year there has been so much learning and change and growth and looking back at all mm-hmm. my 40 years when I was undiagnosed and untreated and trying to just like realize oh that was an ADHD moment that I can forgive myself for and understand better and like all these things about me I thought were failures to get my goals accomplished. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have enough dopamine in my brain. So that's why I know things and sometimes can't get them done. So, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm finding the right blend of treatments and supports and strategies and definitely thriving a lot better and still on the up and up there. That's amazing. It's been such a big year. I mean, you think back to where you were on September 1st yeah. of last year and how much you've learned and how much you've grown and how much you're helping other people. Yes. It's really and incredible. F- yeah, so, and finding wow. my ADHD community and my membership group, just my people, you know, mm-hmm. just get it. They get yeah, it. Yeah. get it. And it's so fun because like, I'll be slacking. When you, on, we'll be on a call. It'll be like a class on time management, for example, on Zoom. And then I'll be slacking with a friend. Like we have three conversations going like at once in the thread <laughs> while listening to the webinar. And it's just really fun to have people who operate like I do because we have the same kind of brain. Yes, it's amazing. Find your people. Yes. And another very exciting development is that over the summer, I became certified as a professional life coach, and I am specializing in coaching self-critics and perfectionists, including adults with ADHD. 
So I, Amazing. I am loving every minute. Coaching is something I had always kind of considered, and I kind of have done it my whole life informally. And I think that's a lot of the people in my training cohort, it's the same thing. And then this is a very specific, you know, just skills about listening actively and not giving people answers, but like helping them surface those answers in themselves and reflecting back to them things that they might have said that they didn't notice they said or, you know, Mm -hmm. how their body is when they say something tense or joyful or whatever. And it's just been incredibly rewarding to draw on my own experiences and years of research and help guide other people through what I've been through and helping them grow in self-compassion and have more ease accepting themselves and living the way that they want to be living, not by the should, but by the want to, and even figuring out again what that is, what they want. Mm -hmm. It's the best feeling. That's amazing. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Yeah. And fellow ADHDers, it's just nice for people, myself and them to like, yeah, me too. And this is what we can do about it. Feel seen. It's great. Mm -hmm. And at home, we are still focused on being calm and connected. And I have added safe to that. (laughs) Safe, calm and connected because our little wild ones are, they run in the house, they stand (laughs) on things, they, you know, they get bruises and the injuries, it's very common with ADHDers. And I'm like, kids, we cannot go to the hospital. Like, there, there's no room right, for us there. please. So, um, no, no serious yeah, injuries exactly. right now, please. Yeah, there's just a lot of drama being, you know, at home with uh, likely three ADHDers. Avery is almost five, and, you know, she may be diagnosed, I'm guessing, in the next year or so. I don't know for sure, but we're, like, 90% sure. <laughs> <laughs> we're fairly sure. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, lots of emotional content, emotional drama, and poor neurotypical dare. And it's just like, if we could just drop the drama, then we could have just like an easy, you know, it's like drama at every step of like putting on shoes in the morning, Mm -hmm. getting your mask on, all these things, like every single step. It would be a lot easier to get through the day and the things we need to do and then have more time for the things we want to do. Like the kids are like, can we go to Disneyland sometime? And we're like, well, kids, if we can't even put on your shoes without drama, how are we going to go (laughs) to Disneyland? I mean, COVID aside, Disney World, I guess is where we'd go because we're near Florida. But yeah, exactly. Anyway. We keep telling them that. And so far, we've had a couple good trips, but really it's the transitions and stuff that they have challenges with. So if we can go to like a resort where we just like swim all day in the same place, it's not a problem. But I think if we're moving from place to place, like in Barcelona, for example, we'd love to come see you. But I think uh, it'd probably be just me and Darren for (laughs) the next couple years. (laughs) It might be more fun for you guys at this stage of life. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yes. But yeah, everything is heightened when we are not sleeping well and there's so much uncertainty and change. And so we're trying to also like I keep trying to get myself to go to sleep earlier. But so far, that's not the case. (laughs) I just stay up till 11, 1130 and then wake up at six. So. Oh, that is that is not a lot of sleep and lots of big changes and with the kids back in school and all that stuff. It's it's a I lot know. for it all of you. It is a lot. We gotta remind ourselves, have compassion. Yeah. Yes. What about you, Jill? I want to hear all about your updates. Yeah. So yeah, had a really amazing summer. I was in the U.S. for all of July. For the you know, I hadn't been back to the country in a in two yeah, in two years. So um, wild. Which is a really long time, and just you know, the reunions were really wonderful. We went to the East Coast first, and we we saw Brian's whole family, which was really amazing. Just had a week with everyone, and then a little longer with his folks, and got to see some. And just you know, all the hugs and just hanging out was really wonderful. And then flew to California to be with mom and dad and see some of our friends and family for a couple weeks. And then you came out for what five days, which mm-hmm. was really wonderful. So great. And it just flew by, you know, like I, I just feel like I was there for a good piece of time, but I, 
I didn't get to see as many people as I wanted to, and I didn't get to do as many things as I wanted to, but it was such a good hit. Yeah, and you balanced it connection. well, I think. I think we both did, just like without stressing ourselves mm-hmm. out, because that can be... Yes. I mean, part of it was the pandemic and what's safe and all that, but it's like we have so many connections there still. We'd love to see everyone, but we also just don't want to be driving all over creation and want to hang out with mom and dad. It's, yeah, don't want to have it be so stressful. I think we did well. Yeah, me too. And I think that was really what I was trying to focus on while I was there. I was like, you know, I'm I'm here to see, you know, mom and dad and you first and mm-hmm. foremost. And then, of course, I want to see, you know, I got to see my, my girlfriends from high school. And that was really wonderful. But I really was trying to keep to just like, okay, Sonoma with a, a couple of little jaunts <laughs> outside. Yeah. And um, we also like did know. a lot of work to clean out our stuff that has been there like yeah. in our bedrooms forever. And it's mostly gone, yeah. which I'm just really proud of us. Yeah, totally. Like I had done a, a pretty good purge of my childhood bedroom a few years ago, but there were still like boxes of old CDs and CD cases. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that uh, mom and I did was do a first pass at cleaning out the garage mm-hmm. one day and like, you know, and she's been giving away things. And it was a nice kind of catalyst, me being back and you being back and going through your stuff to kind of help clean out that that old stuff. So that was really great. Just had a really good July of like connecting and having time and like playing ukulele with mom oh, and so like sweet. I didn't yeah, get to see that so at all. <laughs> I know we'll do it yeah, at Christmas. We'll do it at Christmas <laughs> and like you know grilling with dad in the backyard and just like it felt so good to be mm. home and then came back to Spain and I, I feel like I've had a rough transition back into like whatever normal mm, life is yeah. right now <laughs> and that keeps changing of course but you know focusing on work and kind of getting back into the swing of a routine and I feel like all of my routines just went out the window and I haven't quite recalibrated to figure out what I want to do now you know and then dealing with the ups and downs of like feeling super optimistic and energized one day and then anxious and depleted the Mm -hmm. next I think a lot of the pandemic uncertainty is just just kind of exhausting Mm -hmm. you know like having to think about everything yeah decisions forever yeah like each (laughs) decision you do and like outside your house yes yeah everything is is a little bit exhausting and so for even when I first got back I would say for several weeks I didn't you know reach out to any friends or make any plans to to see folks so I was tired from you know the travel and the lots of you know seeing folks back in the states but then I was just I don't know just kind of beat mm-hmm. um so now I'm kind of easing back into that with we've had a couple of outdoor hangs with folks and the season's are starting to change I'm not sure when exactly summer will end and fall will begin here usually by the end of September mm-hmm. it's kind of you know we, we have our last beach day usually around the end of September and then it starts cooling down and but it's kind of been weird here it's been very muggy mm-hmm. um, with some rain but not quite either but we've had a few really beautiful summer nights and I I was talking to you about this earlier that like I feel like I feel the changing of seasons like super deeply yeah, so interesting. and I'm not sure like yeah, how does that how I'm, does I'm not it sure feel if... for you like what is it like, like how does it manifest Yeah, like, I feel like at the end of every season, like, I feel this, like, nostalgia, just, like, emotion where I'm, like, so sad that, especially with summer, Mm because I love summer, you know, I'll be like, oh, this is going to be the last, you know, beach swim of the year or the last, you know, like the last barbecue where we can sit outside and it's so warm and I don't need a sweater, like, really, like... All of those things. I'm like, the, it's very dramatic. <laughs> Do you go Super and touch extra. everything? Like, the last time I'll use this beach chair. <laughs> yes. Like, I hug the umbrella, the, the beach umbrella at the end of the Caress season. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I like feel it really deeply. Like Brian was um, doing Navy stuff one weekend in August and the weather was perfect. And I walked down to the beach, which is maybe 30, 40 minutes from our house and like sat at a Chiringuito, which is like a little beach mm-hmm. bar restaurant, sat outside and like had a glass of wine. And I watched the sunset Aww. and it was just like one of the most beautiful, perfect nights and like no one was Mm -hmm. out it was like too early for people to be out for dinner and I was just like walking along the promenade and just like wanting to bottle Mm -hmm. it up like I just (laughs) felt it so deeply like oh this is perfect summer and it's so fleeting and ephemeral (laughs) like I know that's so so interesting about that's the like um, foreboding joy right that Brene Brown talks about and that like the savoring is what I'm trying to do is like just sinking into the moment and every bit with gratitude yeah just like Yes. We are here now. <laughs> but yes, I right. have the same and not like Just like, especially, yeah, weather or just like the very rare calm moments. You're like, could it please be like this forever? <laughs> I know. Or like being with the people you love. I mean, like, I just want this forever. And like, instead of just like, I know it's all going to end someday. It's just like being grateful for it now and trying to like really, yeah, savor it and appreciate it. And I feel like I am pretty good at the savoring mm-hmm. piece, but I can also get ahead of myself and being like, oh, in a few weeks, this will all be gone. So I'm just going to be ashes. <laughs> And it's like this will happen again next year. Know. You know, it's like the clinging, um, the clinging and, that Buddhists talk about how everything's impermanent, and then if let it right. flow, and then enjoyable, it's here, present moment, and then you know. But of course, <laughs> you want to cling to the things that you're like, this makes me happy. I'm so happy right now. I know, but then of course, like I love fall too. I get very excited about like. It cooling down it being like you know boots mm-hmm. and tights and cute little jacket mm-hmm. weather and like it not being hot as hell in my office which it is right <laughs> yeah, now right. like you know like fall like coziness and all uh-huh. that stuff changing leaves and hiking season like things like that I'm like very excited about that's so interesting so yeah, anyway I wonder what yeah. that's about. it's a highly sensitive person thing or yeah Maybe. with ADHD is the passage of time sometimes makes us really nostalgic or kind of nervous or I don't know, fearful. It doesn't sound like that's quite what's going on with you, but like I feel like that sometimes with like birthdays and it's just like feels like time is passing by really quickly because we're time blind and it's just like I don't have a sense of just how much time I have left for any given thing. So anyway, mm-hmm. it doesn't it sounds like it's more of a sort of like nostalgic sensitivity. <laughs> yeah. It does feel like a sensitivity and also maybe like a, a maximizer, maybe a bit of an Enneagram seven thing mm, of like all the fun. I want, this, <laughs> I want all of the good things. I want the full enjoyment of things. And like <laughs> just want to maximize all of that oh, yeah. and like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I love fall. I'm excited for fall because Mississippi summers are just wretched. No yeah, one summers not. Yeah, as even fun people who grew up here, you just don't get used to it because it's just so muggy. No. And, I mean, at least we've mostly been inside these days um, because of COVID. But that's also made it harder to like see our friends because we can't, can't gather so easily yeah. outside or you know eat outdoors. It's starting to a little bit cool off in the mornings and evenings. So right around the time of October when the fair comes to town, and we'll see about the fair this year. They did bring it last year in spite of COVID. I had to drive Avery past the big fair to her ballet lesson every week. And she'd be like, let's go to the fair. I'm like, honey, I'm Aww. sorry. <laughs> so sorry, anyway, bug. she's not doing ballet or you know, Evan's not doing Kung Fu at the moment. Just we weren't sure about the COVID stuff. So we all have a little break for the activities. And that has been really lovely not to be running That's from nice. place to place every day. Yes. 
Well, segueing into our next topic, we are calling this episode Re-Entering Our Cocoons because not long after we emerged from our cocoons, the Delta variant with its high contagion and all the breakthrough cases that were happening for vaccinated people sent us back into semi-quarantine. And also, at the same time, many of us needed to go into work and have kids in school and need to see our loved ones in person in some fashion because we've been isolated So, yeah, right now in Mississippi, you know, Mississippi, 42% vaxxed compared to 54% in the country. So at least we got over 40. (laughs) We're we're getting there. But gosh, come on, people. I mean, it was like so heartening for me when it was like people were getting vaccinated and I was seeing the numbers, you know, of cases drop every day because it's released. And Mm -hmm. our friend Chris Myers shares those on his Instagram story. So that's one of my source of information. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. And then, you know, seeing the sites where they have previously had the COVID testing fill up with cars for vaccinations. And I was like, oh my gosh, this feels so amazing and hopeful. And then it quickly took a turn and we had more cases per day than we did in the beginning of the spring. You know, it was like up to, there was 5,000 cases, like over 5,000 cases on one day in August. I'm like, what? Oh gosh, that's just so heartbreaking. Frustrating. It's totally, yeah, devastating. And the hospitals filled up. I mean, like, our big hospital in Jackson had two field hospitals set up in the parking garage for ICU beds. I mean, it's like the Civil War, you know, Jeez. kind of style, like oh. triaging. It's just, right. I can't even get my head around it. Yeah. So we definitely could have avoided this situation. Mm. And it's very heart-wrenching. I try to stay away from the news and just, you know, have Darren tell me what's important and occasionally check in. But yeah, the masking policies also have been pretty scant. We're a red state, so it's politically, you know, toxic. People stay away from it. And then, you know, locally, like needing businesses to thrive. And so like not wanting to cause drama, like trouble there. And also employees having to like enforce masking. So I like get it intellectually that way. But also like our children's museum, like a bunch of parents under the leadership of my good friend encouraged the children's museum to have a masking policy. And then, you know, they sort of compromised by putting up signs that said like please keep our children safe by wearing a mask so it's not like a policy that they're you know Mm -hmm. somewhat teen staff has to enforce but it's a highly encouraged you know if you're a good person you will wear a mask so kids don't get infected thank you very much act right please anyway yes how is it in spain yeah so i feel like i've just had whiplash in the last few months because and it's been like this throughout the pandemic where you know Usually I'm comparing Spain with the U.S. because those are my two reference points Mm -hmm. where, you know, when we left here at the end of June, beginning of July to go back to the States, the vax rates were, you know, the CDC said you don't have to wear masks inside if you're vaccinated, all these different things. In Spain, we so we got vaccinated through the American military system here in Spain, got it a few months earlier than we would have. We probably would have been up in August here because mm-hmm. um, they were doing it by age group. So most of our friends either were just kind of starting to get their appointments or still had a ways to go in mm-hmm. July. And so being back in the U.S., it felt, you know, pretty optimistic and great. And then we came back to Spain I came back at the very end of July when it just felt like a flip-flop almost, you know, like Spain's vax rates were going really well. They did a great turnaround. Right now we're at, I think, around 75% of adults are vaccinated. That's bananas. Um, I can't even compare to the U.S. Yeah, and it it wasn't, you know, early this year. It was so frustrating because they were so slow and it was supply issues and all this stuff. And we're like, ugh. But now, you know, like the numbers are a lot better in Western Europe in general. 
And so Spain's kind of been opening up, but I also don't want to get too complacent because, you know, we're not safe till we're all safe, uh-huh. like globally. Yes. <laughs> That's how viruses work. So figuring out what that means just for everyday decisions and socializing, like I said, it's just kind of exhausting. You know, we don't have children and only a few friends here do. So that's one thing I'm not thinking about as actively as even as I was back in the States when seeing friends, like almost all of our friends have young children. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're meeting outdoors and stuff like that. Um, here, you know, you still have to mask up indoors in public spaces, but they just lifted the 10 person maximum gathering limit. They're starting to open things up slowly but surely. And so just like, you know, okay, outdoors is fine, but is a small group of vaccinated friends indoors okay? Mm-hmm. But what is small? We're thinking about like things like Thanksgiving this year. We didn't have it last year, obviously, but we're maybe thinking about like a daytime outdoor you know, barbecue type thing. So it's just, I don't know. And part of me is just like, you know what, screw everything. Let's just hibernate for another right. few months. And But I, I also am like tired of that. When well, you so work from home to too, out. so you don't even see humans, yeah. you know. I feel very isolated. So like how to how to balance that. Yeah, I know. We've been sort of we hadn't seen friends pretty much all summer. Our next door neighbors sadly moved. They moved within the neighborhood, oh, but yeah. that was a nice you know, because we'd kind of see them outdoors and just say hi and like just casually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm definitely happy for them having more space and all, but miss them. And as far as arranging meetups, you know, we it's been so hot and we've been traveling and it's just a lot. So we just got together with some friends at a burger place outdoors on the patio and that was so lovely. It was really the kids actually sat at a kid's table which was I mean they kept interrupting us but it was like overall (laughs) a success so that was really nice and it was a really great evening with weather breeze and all that so that boded well plus like we have our fire pit in the back and we've been sort of cleaning up the backyard which we haven't really used all summer because it's been so hot we had some fires going with drinking whiskey around the fire for the grown-ups and the kids sometimes running around after dark and you know Yeah, in the fall, it's just a great time. So I'm looking forward to having, you know, maybe one family at a time outdoors or meeting up in a park or something. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) It's just like really weekend by weekend, like, what's cool? What are we going to do? Right, right. And it has to be kind of that way right now. I read something at the beginning of the pandemic that compared what they predicted would happen, which really has has come to fruition is like they called it the hammer and the dance mm. where it was like the hammer would be like the restrictions the lockdowns the regulations mm. and the the dance where you kind of like move slightly out and then you come back in and and they're like it's just going to be like this for a while and at the time this was like in april of 2020 i'm like oh i can't imagine doing this for you know a year <laughs> <laughs> and you know here Gosh, we are you know people are just tired of it and i understand that and also gotta be safe so yeah, we yeah. got creative with the kids' birthday parties. I guess Evans especially. We rented out a movie theater, like a small private movie theater where just his buddies and like their parents came and we were able to space out and wear masks, you know, and, and it was great. It was like, it felt very safe. So yeah, fun. And it was at a time where the theater wasn't crowded at all. I'm sure like not many people are going, but we saw Black Widow and that was super fun. It was nice to have something for him because he had, you know, this is the second, most kids are having like their second birthdays in quarantine and it just sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. And so we're yeah. having, luckily Avery wanted a family only party. So we're going to have her grandparents over and she's going to help me decorate the house and like <laughs> frozen, <laughs> decorations and she wanted a neapolitan cake so she's so extra so i'm kind of just ordered strawberry extract from amazon and i'm like okay let's do this so she's gonna help oh, me bake so it i'm fun. sure or at least like do one thing lick the batter and then run away she'll supervise yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
so yes, I think something to remember is that this time is a collective trauma. I think it's easy to be hard on ourselves for feeling like, why am I feeling this way? Like feeling down or just like Mm -hmm. up and down moodiness. But this is not normal. We're not on vacation. It's not a sabbatical. And it's not back to normal times. And also we have to heal from this trauma and we cannot begin to heal while we're still in the trauma. Right, right. And we don't know when it will end either. And that's, that's hard. That's very, very hard. And just that like back and forth, like, yeah, we're free and then not free. And it's just like messes with your mind. (laughs) And like human brains do not like uncertainty. It causes anxiety. So I think just like knowing that and being kind to ourselves and compassionate because none of us, you know, should, (laughs) I know you should rarely, (laughs) but you know, we should not have to deal with this. (laughs) Like this is not right. How it could have been. Yes. So I'm trying to be self-compassionate. It's also hard to be compassionate with other people when I feel like they're making poor choices (laughs) and making this worse. So that is a challenge for me on the daily. (laughs) Yes. And I'm trying to focus the anger on the situation, on their choices, and not the people themselves. Yes. That is my better self is doing. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is just upsetting me right now. That's, again, why I don't read a lot of news because I just feel my body, like my cortisol rising. There was one day, because I really haven't looked at much, even social media, I've been off for a while because of Mm -hmm. that. And just the energy of like engaging sometimes feels too much. But yeah, like one morning I just decided, okay, I'm just going to look at Twitter and what's trending and catch up on some news. And my anxiety immediately like shot through the roof. I was like, nope. and Twitter's like straight into the deep end oh, too. Yeah. Like, that's not even Instagram, oh, you know? Like, no. I yeah, I'm not not here for it. So I put the limits back on boundaries, real clear boundaries with yes. social media and news. Yes, it's it's for the best. Yeah, I engage in news in a limited fashion. I still don't listen to any news news podcasts, which I usually do, but I I stopped and uh, it's it's better. I'm a better person for it <laughs> for the <That's> moment. <laughs> I know. I'm just like the podcast Pod Save America. You know, I love it, and I'm yeah. still a friend of the pod. But I don't listen to the yes. pod anymore. <laughs> I know. Same. I love it, and I love those I guys, and all of their podcasts are fantastic. But I've I just can't. you know. I can't right yeah. now. If there's going to be it. a vote, if there's going to be, you know, call for donation, then, you right, know, exactly. like the hurricane stuff, I donated, I shared, you know, yes. like I do what I can. Yes. So, but do not need to be informed for 24 hours at a time. No, the 24 hour news cycle is not helpful to no, anyone. any human. Yes. Well, we wanted to share some strategies for helping us all deal with this change and uncertainty right now. So, Jill, do you want to kick it off? Yes. So the first strategy is to recognize how far we've come. I know it can be difficult, and I have these moments of despair where it's hard to kind of see out of it, but we're not back to where we were in the spring of 2020, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. You know, we have more information about the virus. We are fortunate to have vac- access to vaccines where we live. We are very pro-vaccination in case you couldn't tell. So <laughs> please, please get vaccinated if you have not already and if you can. Yes, and get that um, booster when it's time. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. So it's been a really, really tough year and a half and we've had so much loss and it's important to celebrate the progress that we have made and the fact that we're not back in full cocoon mode, you know. So just 
looking back to see how far we've yeah, come. Yeah, and, and like as people coping with this too, we have so many more coping skills. I mean, I think those of us who've been practicing, practicing the pause and, or at least, you know, mm-hmm. when we kind of blow up or spiral down or whatever, just being able to reset and breathe. And I think just the practice of that, we're more used to that now. Yes. So recognize ourselves for that. Yes, good job. <laughs> yes. Also, we can pause to name it, feel it, and offer yourself compassion when you're having those big feelings. So, you know, you can look at the emotions wheel. <laughs> we can link to that in the show notes. But just to about, be really specific about the emotion you're feeling, you can notice some tension in your body and then kind of pause to get curious about that, what you're feeling, and name it. It really helps. I mean, even I've said this before, but when I'm like, my kids and I are getting into it. I'm like, I'm getting really angry right now. I'm, I'm just naming that helps me mm-hmm. just like get into my logical brain and keep from exploding. And the three elements of self-compassion, as Kristen Neff uh, puts them, are mindfulness, common humanity, and self-kindness. So the mindfulness being the noticing without judgment what's going on, just observing. And second, common humanity is like everyone goes through this. I mm-hmm. connect it to all these other people who are suffering in the same way, not alone. And then the self-kindness piece is, you know, may I give myself kindness? May I be kind to myself in this moment? So you can have a self-compassion mantra. I do. I put my hands on my chest and close my eyes and breathe and then do my self-compassion mantra, which you know, I can put in the show notes and we can link to Kristen Neff's website. But getting taking those self-compassion breaks without getting swamped or swept away really helps and especially like when you're hurting not to berate yourself and <laughs> that really right. really helps doesn't help so yeah you can say things like i'm feeling anxious about dealing with these constant risk assessments in this phase of the pandemic or i'm feeling worried about my kids safety as they go back to school and and i feel angry with people who are putting them at risk with their behavior and choices You can say, I'm feeling frustrated that I can't plan anything with certainty, like a trip to see my family at Christmas, and write that in a journal, say it even out loud, or just say it to yourself in your mind. It really helps. It does. Yeah, I've been trying to say this out loud, even when it's just me, Mm -hmm. like, I'm feeling really frustrated because X, Y, and Z, and it does help just to name it, you know. Definitely. Like, validate (sighs) it, recognize it. And all feelings are welcome, and they are real and valid. Another strategy is find the best way for you to navigate the risks and accept that things will continue to change. So this one I've been struggling with a lot, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think a big thing for me right now is just have to con- having to constantly weigh all the variables and the risks before making a decision. And it's not as clear as it was before I was vaccinated. So it's for me, I'm just accepting there's no one size fits all right answer for what's safe. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on you and your risk tolerance, where you live, if you're vaccinated or not, if you have young kids, all those things. And so I try not to go down the rabbit hole, you know, reading news and the current guidelines and expert advice, because I have a tendency to do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to develop a better process for evaluating those risks and making those decisions, but having like a fixed time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, not just constantly because it's exhausting. And like so how much time, I, like a time limit yeah, is good too. <laughs> right. I, to I set an alarm. want to set a timer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for reals. Um, in the same way that I'm trying to do with news. So, you know, the local guidelines do change often. So I want to know what those mm-hmm. are. So, you know, setting time once a week, like, okay, Mondays, I'm just going to set aside 15 minutes to kind of look at things. And then do we need to evaluate what our our decisions are right now and trying to define what these policies are for our household. Mm-hmm. It It's 
hard because it's always changing mm-hmm. and it's a work in progress. But I do want to kind of find a few questions to ask myself as as I do this, you know, how much does this put me and our household at risk or how much does this put others at risk or, you know, how do I feel about this? Just checking in because it's, it's going to keep changing. Yeah, so. and a cost-benefit analysis. Like, mm-hmm. do I want to do this? Is it worth seeing my grandfather, for example, which could be really important versus just like a hangout that, with people that you don't really know that much. And also that would be riskier because you don't know kind of what they get up to. Um, right, <laughs> right. Can, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think being compassionate yes. to other people too or just really letting people, like the good for her, not for me, applying that mm-hmm. to people's sort of COVID. Well, except if you're putting other people at risk. That's, <laughs> I'll say that much. But like with your friends, respect their choices right, right. and kind of give people an out. Like if you invite them, like, oh, you know, and if that's not something you're doing right now, totally fine. Uh, that's important. Exactly. Yeah, because there's a lot more nuance. There's a lot more gray area now, like as our friends are vaccinated and we're all navigating this. So it's not as clear cut. Um, so trying to be compassionate with others, compassionate with myself as we figure all this out Definitely. in real time. Definitely. You can also shift what ifs into what is. So I know we have a lot of what if, like what if we can't see our family for Christmas? Like what if our kids get sick? What if this never ends? And on the We Can Do Hard Things podcast that Glennon Doyle has with her sister Amanda, which is fantastic, Glennon says that one of her mantras when she gets into that anxiety spiral is not what if, what is. And so that is the radical acceptance, you know, just keep reminding yourself if you get into the what ifs, not what if, what is. And that's really helpful. <laughs> I've been thinking, I've been thinking about that since you shared it with me. I still haven't listened to the podcast, which I hear is very good. So and good. I love them both. But yeah, because there are so many what ifs. So radical acceptance is difficult for me because I'm like, well, I want it to be this <laughs> I know, way. And like, it should. I still have those internal <laughs> silent should shoulds. But... <laughs> But it is this way, and that is easier to deal with, you know, like, okay, well, I want it to be this way, but it's not, so that's that's what we have to work I know. with. <clears throat> Sometimes I'll, I'll tell Darren, I don't have to like it, not one bit. And, like, <laughs> and nope, I don't, don't have to like for the it. record, yep. <laughs> don't like it. Yeah, and this also <laughs> works with uh, what should be, like, not what should be, what is. And that's a good um, variation yes. on the mantra. Amen. Yes. And then final strategy is to develop a quick go-to calming practice or many. Mm. Yes. Try to make a list or just have a document handy of things that make you feel better when you're feeling anxious or stressed or frustrated or angry. And for me, the things that I know help are taking deep breaths, you know, even if it's just three deep breaths at my desk or a quick, you know, guided meditation on the Headspace app, or there are, you know, free YouTube videos as well, or, you know, free versions of the Calm app, for example, Mm -hmm. movement, you know, doing a three minute dance break, or going for a quick walk, or jumping jacks, music break, playing the ukulele for a few minutes, or we have a a file that we share of like things that make us laugh. So like putting a Paul Rudd dancing video Mm -hmm. on and just, you know, (laughs) I dare you not to smile. (laughs) Exactly. Like having those go to things within, you know, 30 seconds to a few minutes like you can soothe yourself and calm down yeah it's a good one to have in your mind at all times it's like what is going to be my go-to calming practice for me these days it's a self-compassion break like if I'm feeling tense or overwhelmed or I find myself in a frenzy I'm like okay self-compassion break everything stops Mm -hmm. I close my eyes put my two hands on my chest take a deep belly breath and then I do my self-compassion mantra this is a moment of anxiety or suffering or whatever it is everyone goes through this not alone 
And may I be kind to myself in this moment. May I give myself the compassion I need. And it really helps. It slows everything down. Mm-hmm. And so practice the pause is like the first thing that we can all do because it just stops whatever's happening. And then you can insert a choice of a calming practice, a thought, a breath, whatever it is, instead of spinning out. Yeah, that's great. I, I would like to start doing that as well. I have, I don't have the complete process of the self-compassion break, but it only takes, you know, a few uh-huh. seconds, but it's so powerful. Yeah, seriously. Even just closing your eyes and taking some deep breaths, which I have been doing mid-argument um, with my children sometimes. <laughs> like, mom is taking a break, and it's good for them to see. I am closing right. my eyes. <laughs> also, you're stressing mom out. not to scream at you. <laughs> so we hope those are helpful, as yes. we all need as many coping tools in our toolbox as possible. Yes. Amen. All of them. <laughs> Okay, so now it is time for Get It Together, Got It Together, a segment where we each share something that we'd like to work on and something that's going well for us. So Malia, why don't you start it off? Yeah, my Get It Together is as I am building my new coaching website, I am fussing with it forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Just like it's never done. It's never the best it can be. I always want to add. Is it perfect No, though? it's definitely not perfect. <laughs> and um, I will say, I forgot to say the name of the business. It's Rising Spiral Coaching. And, you know, I'm obsessed with the learning spiral. You know, the opposite of the downward spiral is the upward or rising spiral where we're all just getting better each day, evolving, like understanding the same kind of issue in a different and more elevated way from a different point of view because of our previous experience. And so, yeah, that's the attitude I'm coming into it with for myself and for my clients. And so, yes, but the, the, the site is beautiful. And I'm like, today's going to be launch day. I'm going to share it today. I'm going to finish it and share it. And it's been like a week. I mean, certainly I've been working on it for a long time, but it's been like almost done for about a week Mm -hmm. to the point where like (laughs) each day is launch day. And then I just just don't yet. So (laughs) I'm like, this is the funny thing about perfectionism, because the reason (laughs) I I am a good perfectionism coach is because I am you. Like I I live this every day. (laughs) I understand it from the inside. (laughs) So I what does done look like is the. (laughs) the question Mm -hmm. um, that I'm trying to ask, you know, what am I sitting down to produce when I work on my website, which could go on forever? And what does done look like? So either for that session or really ideally for when I launch it, that's the overall. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I need to refresh that list because it keeps getting longer (laughs) about what done looks like and just put it out there. What is good enough? Yes. What is the MVP? Anyway, yes. What's so funny about ADHDers is that I like to write my life story and it just balloons into this big thing but then other ADHDers are not going to read that (laughs) it's like we all have like so much to offer (laughs) and say and then we're not listening to or reading each other's stuff so (laughs) you're like oh that's a lot I'm gonna (laughs) TLDR like (laughs) I just have to make the site ADHD friendly since some ADHD adults are among my clients so Anyway, so that's my get it together. I'm working on it and I will mm-hmm. launch this before you hear this episode. So you can Yay, go to Rising Spiral. So yeah, risingspiralcoaching.com is the site and it will be up <laughs> when this comes out. <laughs> hear me now. You have a hear deadline. Now. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, my got it together is launching the coaching practice and moving yes. forward with it so I can ideally go full time. This has been such a dream, just working in the personal development space, earning my income full time from it. Just I've had that dream for a long time. And so with a marketing firm, we are making moves to have me transition out by December. So that's really big and also a little scary 
great <laughs> because that means, sure. you know, I want to have income for our family as well while Darren's hiring someone in my place. But I really do give myself credit for doing the thing. Yeah. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so exciting. exciting. I'm so proud of you and so excited to see what's next. I know. Yeah, just it's real now. Like when I got my first client and I'm a paid coach, I'm just like, it's yes. a new identity and it's real. And I'm very excited. Heck so, yeah. Yeah. Congrats. That moment when you are starting something new, whether it's a podcast or business or whatever, you're putting money into it. And then that moment when you receive money back, <laughs> like yes, that is your first yes, paid client. It really is a huge watershed moment. So big deal. Yay. What about you, Joe? Awesome. What's your get it together, got it together? My get it together is just a lot of procrastination. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of this is new, but procrastination and perfectionism, which are obviously very linked, which we've discussed before, (laughs) you know, just not doing the things that I know work too. You know, I have strategies that I know work, you know, using the tomato timer and breaks, you know, breaking big tasks into smaller ones and using my multiple day planners. (laughs) Um, And like, I, I just... I think part of it's getting back into a normal routine Mm -hmm. that I I've just been kind of without structure, but the last week or so I've just had a really hard time where I, I will have a couple important things that need to get done that day and I'll wait until late in the day, kind of, you know, spinning my wheels, doing other less important things. And then I start on it late and then I'm really stressed out when it's super late. (laughs) So that's been not great. I'm trying to get back into better, just better routines and habits and like doing the things I know work. So, yeah, I know. I feel trying. you on the waiting till it's late because then it's like I get into the zone probably an hour yeah. before the workday ends, and that's so stressful because <laughs> right. I'm like, ah, I'm finally here, but I like knocked out all the little things that are these quick dopamine yes. hits, and it feels productive. And then I'm like, okay, I'm buckling down, and it's like four o'clock, and we've got to leave at five I to know. pick up the kids. <laughs> Drives me bananas. I do not like that pattern. So, <laughs> trying to recognize it and course correct Mm -hmm. Um, yeah check in with your emotions about just like what am I feeling right now like what is this resistance coming from how can I build the desire to do this thing even if just to get it done so I can do other things you know what's on the other side of this thing but yeah just the pausing usually I avoid even thinking about that because I'm just like oh I'm busy with this thing (laughs) I'm being productive I'm doing this other thing that is not the one thing that I need to get done by the end of the day yeah I have this little whiteboard that I write the one thing I am doing right now so I keep focused on it and don't get distracted that's a good idea I I could use one of those right next to my desk and I'm adding how will I know when it's done (laughs) yes yes measures of success Mm -hmm. yes So that's my get it together. My got it together is I've been trying out new ways to exercise, Mm, which has been fun. Yes, I've been really missing my gym, you know, which I stopped going to Mm. in February of 2020. And I miss it very much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, who knows when I'll get back to that. But I've just been getting bored. You know, I take a lot of walks, which is great. Mm -hmm. But I have like some some streaming videos for Zumba and some other stuff that I'll do. But I'm just getting restless and I'm bored. So I have been trying to mix in some new activities. I found a meetup group here that does an outdoor Zumba class near oh, the beach. Oh, so fun. Yes. It's a bit of a, a trek to get down there. It's like a public transit, mm-hmm. but it's it was so fun. It's in the evening, like 6 or 7 p.m. So I want to try to do that, you know, once a week is my goal. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm going to go on Monday and see see if I can find a routine that oh, works. I hope there's going to be more outdoor Zumba classes. There is one that they are yes. offering at our workspace. We're in this new co-working space and they have a courtyard. And I think this is still going on. I went to one class, but then summer was crazy. But yes, Zumba is the best. If y'all haven't tried Zumba, it is. I love it so yes, much. It's just 
dancing. No one cares what you look like. It's like really a good workout and so fun. So many different dance styles. The music is great. The people are just joyful. It's the best thing ever. Yes. When we were with Brian's family over the summer, his sister Meg, who's lovely and super fun, is a Zumba instructor. And she did like one outdoors and it was super fun. Oh, Uh, it was awesome. Meg is the the perfect Zumba instructor. She's just like this little ball of energy and joy. And (laughs) yeah, she's awesome. Delight. It was wonderful. So I want more of that in my Mm. life. And then I also bought roller skates. (laughs) They still make roller skates. They sure do. Yes. Um, oh it took God. me a while to find them. Like there's a, a a fitness and outdoors store they have all over Europe. And I remember seeing them at one of the, the places here, but they only had like really small sizes, like size five in women's. I'm like, oh, that's not going to work. So um, I've been kind of periodically looking at their website and popping by and they finally had my size. So I got these like powder pink quad roller skates <laughs> that are... <laughs> Just adorable. They're so cute. Basically, they're the ones I have when I was oh like Oh my six. gosh. <laughs> Amazing. So you just go yes. like skate around by yourself? Yeah. So I am trying to figure out where to go because I also bought a bunch of like padding and a helmet because I'm not <laughs> in the 80s when I learned. And I was like, we don't need any of that. I know. Right? We're just skating on our side. We probably could have benefited. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was not a thing no. at the time. But yeah. So I, I did like a little lap around our neighborhood. And I was like, ooh, there are more like declines than I was aware yeah. of, like in our immediate vicinity. And so I found there are a few like big sort of almost like a neutral ground where like, there's a paved area between two sides of a major street. Mm-hmm. And so I have to like walk down there and then put my skates on because there's like a construction site and all the stuff in between our house and where that mm-hmm. is. But I did that a couple of times and it was really, really fun. So I think what I, my next thing I'm going to try out is that I left my skates and pads and stuff um, helmet at the distillery, which is closer to the beach. And there is a big long promenade there. So I'm going to try to like just go down there one afternoon and like from there go down to the the beach and skate so So, have brian take a picture of you i want to see this new here it's so awesome i will (laughs) you'll skate right back into the 80s (laughs) (laughs) exactly it's like super retro and it makes me want to be you know an awesome roller derby girl except i'm not tough enough for that anymore i'm like ooh, i'm in my late 30s i'm already accident prone brian's like really concerned about me like you're wearing all of the pattern right (laughs) 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 oh my god well you could put on your um earbuds like wait Houston and just like stuff you used to skate around too. <laughs> yes, like Paul Abdul and like Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I love it. I'm very excited. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so good. Well, now it is time for a new segment that we are calling Rising Spiral, where we each share a challenge that we keep encountering and how we're progressing with that. So the goal is to track our progress on our own upward learning spirals. So we give ourselves credit for that and keep evolving. We'll link to my website for more on the Rising Spiral concept. We also talked about this in episode three, Have I Evolved? The concept is you start from like a point on the ground, you can imagine, and then each loop up, you're learning more and doing a little better mm-hmm. each time with the experience underneath you. And so my challenge that I keep running into is that I can speak harshly to my children or, you know, with contempt or yell at them when they're being wild or rude or resistant, defiant, which is basically happens every day in some at some point, <laughs> often multiple times a day. And, you know, ADHD and oppositional defiance go hand in hand oftentimes. And Avery 
she's so passionate and exuberant in everything she does, including like the sass and the resistance. And so it's like when she's happy, she's like a delight and pure joy. And then when she's not, she will throw herself on the floor and curl up and sing, I'm not going to school. And I'm just like, oh, so um, really trying to focus on the compassion because we do share a type of brain. So I at least conceptually have that in my mind. Sometimes it's hard to practice. Um, but I am rising on the spiral by naming the emotion as it escalates. Like, I am feeling frustrated right now. I am feeling angry right now. I'm feeling livid right now. I'm consumed with rage. <laughs> Teach them some new vocabulary on that emotions wheel. Yeah, yeah. We have that pillow. Wheel. We have a pillow with the emotions wheel printed on it that's on their couch. So I'll just pick oh, up the pillow and just like go through the wheel point. as it escalates. <laughs> But yeah, self-compassion, because once you give yourself compassion, it allows you to give other people compassion because you feel validated and taken care of. And then you can feel equipped to take care of others. And then modeling the apology and repair and naming that as repair. So, you know, if I have yelled, I don't want to do that and tell them I don't like to yell. Let's prevent that by doing X, Y and Z and and talking about repairing if like our Evan has been rude to his dad and say like can you go repair that with your dad before you guys have your you know one-on-one time tonight we do that with the kids every day and we switch off and so that's a good chance to do the reset before we go on to bed yeah and that's really awesome that you're modeling the fact that you are imperfect you're a person with emotions (laughs) sometimes you're gonna mess up sometimes you'll do something you don't want to and so to to show like this is how you apologize this is how you repair like that's yeah it's really good it is really good yeah it's it doesn't then the kids are not going to grow up thinking that they'll have all the answers or be perfect once they're older and that adults have all the answers because that'll be a big fall from grace like yeah Um, So the next level on the learning spiral, the next loop is leaving room to self-soothe in the moment would be good. Like if I need to Mm -hmm. leave. So, yeah, if I need to both leaving room space wise for me to do that and then actually physically leaving the room to just be like, mommy (laughs) needs a break. I'm going to go outside right right now into this. uh, Exactly. (laughs) And then knowing how to calm myself down in that time. Because often we just escalate, escalate. Because with ADHD kids, they're looking for that stimulation. So they like it. It's Mm. interesting to them when they can escalate things. Mm -hmm. And also it feels like they have power if they can upset grownups. So (laughs) So fun. (laughs) Yes. But anyway, so higher on the learning spiral. What about you? That's awesome. Mine is recognizing when I'm avoiding something uncomfortable Mm. and then trying to do better with it. So in the past, you know, I can definitely avoid things I just don't want to deal with I don't want to engage with so I instead of instead of recognizing it figuring out how how to cope with it I would bury my head in the sand and just be like la 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 like (laughs) fingers in your ears (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I've gotten better at seeing the signs before I kind of fall into that old pattern Mm -hmm. so for example dealing with conflict for example or dealing with a money issue that I want to avoid so just identifying what's going on what I'm feeling what I'm starting to do and then trying to take one small action instead of falling into that avoidance pattern. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at least like thinking about what I want to say to bring up something that's bothering me to Brian or, you know, re-engaging with, you know, opening up the finance app or looking at the bank account or doing like one small thing to feel like I'm 
taking an action instead of just like pretending it doesn't exist yeah that's awesome that's yeah and then you like expand your discomfort tolerance because you know just that's like as we do that we're able to do a lot more of the things that are important and meaningful in our lives and we can increase our discomfort and frustration tolerance (laughs) yes yes and often when I do that first small action I do more because it's not actually that bad Mm -hmm. you know it's it gets me closer to where I want to be instead of just like bottling it all up where it's going to explode at some point. Right. You know, it's not it's not like it goes away. So having that one small step will lead to a few more and then, you know, building on that. So yeah. that feels good. Just starting. It's like the biggest yes. hurdle. <laughs> like then it always is. And then you start and you're like, oh, yeah, it's not so bad. <laughs> so you can right. just get yourself right. to start. Even that, yeah, that one little step, even if that's all you do, then the next day it's like in process. Yes. Momentum. <laughs> Momentum. Building on what you've already done. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Well, that is all for this episode of Semi Together. We are so happy to be back with you all. And we wonder, how have you been feeling during this time of navigating how you reenter this uncertain world and what is helping you cope? Email us at podcast at semitogether.com or you can send us a voice memo. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review. And you can also become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com slash semi together. Thank you for listening to semi together and take it from us. You have it more together than you think you do. For winter, I'm only excited about the holidays. I only care about Christmas carols. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like getting dark so early and it's cold. Yeah. Not crazy about winter, right. but we'll get through. On January 1st, I'm like, okay, it's spring. <laughs> yeah, right. um, I declare. We're done here. It is spring. <laughs>